Have you heard about this videotape that kills you when you watch it? What a note say, Dan. Cat dead. Details later. See, the police are always off track with this shit. If they'd watch prom night, they'd save time. There's a formula to it. A very simple formula. Everybody's a suspect. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Horror Flicks and Guitar Picks podcast. I'm your host, Tim Trashmouth Mills, and this week I'm joined by both Lance Parkin and Ben Deedles of the Neon Brainiacs podcast. Both Ben and Lance are amazing filmmakers, and they both released amazing films over this past year. Lance wrote and directed a 70s-inspired horror film called The Boonies, and Ben co-wrote and directed a comedy called Bergeron Brothers Wedding Videographers, and they both had key roles in each other's films. And I highly recommend checking out both films as I enjoyed them myself quite a bit. So you can find them pretty much on all major VOD platforms to rent or buy. Make sure you go follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And without further ado, here's our top five favorite horror Christmas movies. You know, before we dive into that, you know, we can start with you, Ben, if you want to, uh, you know, kick off and just remind the people that, you know, might not have heard the past episodes where you guys have joined me. You know, remind them what Neon Brainiacs is and, you know, where they can find you guys. Definitely. Well, hey, for those of you just joining in here in Radio Land, my name is Ben Deedles. I am part of the show Neon Brainiacs, which is a weekly podcast about 80s horror every week on Wednesday, wherever you get podcasts. And yeah, I, I do that. I'm a filmmaker, actor, uh, musician, do all kinds of stuff like that. And yeah, I do actually have a movie out right now. It's called Bergeron Brothers Wedding Videographers. Hell yeah. And it's a just straight comedy. You know, it's a mockumentary in the vein of like Christopher Guest movies. I, I like to tell people it's it's a little bit like, you know, the office meets dumb and dumber kind of vibe going on. Yeah. And yeah, I'm, I'm really proud of it. Yeah, you could, you could rent it anywhere right now. So yeah, it's out. Hell yeah. And Lance, if I'm not mistaken, uh, you have a role in that as well. Plus, uh, you're you're a filmmaker yourself. Do you mind telling me a little bit about that and, uh, you know, what you might have in the works? Yeah. Um, my name's Lance Park and I movie called The Boonies. So yeah. 70, 70 style uh, cannibal horror movie. Uh, it's big influences are Last House on the Left, uh, Hills Have Eyes, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, like real 70s, not a slow burn vibe. Ben is in it as one of my villains. And mm-hmm. then I am one of the leads in his movie, The Bergeron Brothers. So his is a comedy. Mine's a horror. They yeah. both have a shared theme of weddings that go awry. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> um, yeah, so I do that. And I have some shorts I'm going to be working on coming up here. So if you follow me at Lance Park, and I'll be sort of documenting the process of making those just for arts for art's sake kind of things. And I am currently doing The Umbraniacs with Ben. That's right. Um, yeah, if, Lance is uh, one of the co-hosts on the Brainiacs. Right yeah, now. if you go like 15 weeks back, I'll suddenly disappear because I'm not, I guess, the <laughs> usual co-host, but I am for the foreseeable future, you can put it. I yes. We're calling me a guest co-host, I think is what we're calling me. Yeah, Come I mean, I, I think we could just drop it here now on, and, and you know, just uh, blow up the internet, if you will. <laughs> uh, yeah, Lance is, is probably going to be a permanent co-host on Neon Brainiacs. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. And if, if, if he agrees to it. Yeah. yeah. 
I mean, we're still working through the contracts. I mean, he's things. got a gun out, so yes, I'm going to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so I've been doing that, and it's been fun. So yeah. still working through the legalities of it, you know. I mean, but, you, your lawyer has been talking to my lawyer. You know, it's it's been a it's been an uphill battle, but we're we're hoping we can secure a deal here. Yeah, the rights to my voice and likeness is a, a tough battle. That it I, is that I don't I, I take very seriously. Yeah, I didn't realize how how wrapped up in litigation <laughs> it was, but yeah, I'm. I mean, nonetheless, he's been doing a good job on the show right now. So that's yeah, been great. So <laughs> dealing with the big milk of it all, I guess. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. yeah, yeah. We don't want to get into big milk on this show. Yeah. So. Oh yeah. Yeah. Now we'll keep <laughs> we'll keep milk out, out of as many places as we can. <laughs> yeah. Please, please. Hell yeah! And uh, Ben, your company is called uh, BPO Films, is where you uh, you know you produce a lot of uh, your films, and if I'm not mistaken, Lance, your films were under BPO as well, or uh no mine's called locust street but our oh, okay my bad. no the, you might be thinking because the production company that funded and put out boonies is called bd mac yeah oh, okay. that's, that's probably what you're thinking of but locust street is sort of the art sort of collective group of me and my film partners and stuff but there's been quite a quite a bit of overlap yeah quite a bit of overlap i know bpo films uh the guys i work with uh we frequently collaborate a lot and and do things with uh locust street you know in pittsburgh if you're a filmmaker, chances are, you know, other filmmakers in this town and, you yeah. know, everybody's pretty friendly for the most part. And yeah, I, I, lo- I love working with the, the guys over Locust Street. And I think Lance and the Locust Street guys think that BPO is just OK, but I'll take it, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's just BPOK, we call it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, it's better than... Uh... I don't know. I couldn't think of a good one. Fuck, that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> it would have been cool if I had one. but And, uh, of course, if anybody's listening and they haven't heard the episode, you can go back a few months ago and, you know, uh, we dived a little bit more into the boonies and stuff. So if you just look back at the last time, you know, Lance and Ben were on the show, uh, that was a lot of the main focus. And, of course, we just talked about, you know, y'all's favorite horror movies and stuff like that as well. So Yeah, that was fun. That was a fun one. Yeah, it was a good show. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely enjoyed having you guys on. Every time I uh, have an employee showing now at work, and I use Amazon Prime to like show the movie because it's up on like the theater screen. Uh, it's like if I go to my like purchases and stuff like that, The Boonies is like one of the main ones because it's like like I have it set up for alphabetical order or whatever. Uh-huh. <laughs> so every time I look at it, I'm like, maybe I should just show these kids The Boonies instead of whatever I'm like showing them that night or whatever. Fuck, <laughs> Fuck yeah, you should. Yeah, you should. Like, I think the last thing I showed him was, uh, well, actually, the last thing we watched was Spider-Man, but it was just me and, like, two or three guys. We were watching, like, the latest one for the new one to come out, but I think the thing I showed him before was Paranormal Activity next to Ken, but I only really showed him that because it it was a Paramount Plus exclusive, and I was like, not everybody has the opportunity to see that because they don't all have Paramount Plus. So I was yeah. trying to give them the opportunity to like see something they wouldn't, you know, that they probably would want to see, but they wouldn't be able to, you know. Was that one any good? Just I actually real, really enjoyed question. I actually uh, really enjoyed it myself. I um, there's some parts of it that are a little bit like feel a little forced, but uh, I f- I did like it in comparison to like uh, like a lot of the sequels of the original. Like yeah, uh, definitely probably the scariest one in the entire franchise. If I'm being for, honest, for real, wow. Yeah, because because I actually do really like the original. I thought it was a really cool yeah, idea. Yeah. Uh, it's one of the few horror movies that when I went home, I really was like checking the dark hallways <laughs> yeah. of my house and stuff. You know? Yeah. Hell yeah! No, I love that one and the uh, the marked ones quite a bit. The one with the uh, the Spanish guy when he's like, because it's like it takes place in like a more lower class oh. like. Uh, oh yeah, that apart- was pretty good. Apartment and stuff. Yeah, so I it was nice to I've see him taking seen... out of the nice houses. Yeah, I think I've only seen up to part four in that series with the, with so the I... connect. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's, pretty interesting, it's a pretty interesting idea. These the Microsoft Connect. Oh yeah, that's dots. right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I guess I need to check out more of them. I, 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 I there's a lot of them now, right? A bunch. Yeah, I think this was the seventh one because you got the first four, then the fifth ones, the, the quiet or I just said it, and then I can't even remember. Oh, the marked ones, and then the yeah. uh, the sixth one is a Ghost Dimension, which was fucking horrible, and then seven. Seven is the one that just happened next to Ken, but that one has like really not much at all to do with the originals. The new one does. Oh, really? I, I always thought, I mean, we got on a tangent here. I always thought connecting them all was a dumb idea. I always thought it just would have been cool if every single one was about a different paranormal activity, like a different yeah. haunting that was happening and they were just completely independent, but just like really grounded, like horror, yeah. like really grounded, like supernatural horror movies that like cameras were just catching some shit going on. Yeah, but, I mean, they had to give that Katie lady something to do, right? That's yeah. why they kept bringing her in. Yeah, I just, I just thought, <laughs> yeah, Let's give her something to do. You gotta give her something to do. Yeah, gotta give her. No one else is casting her, so I'm gonna put her in something. Nah, she yeah. seems like a nice lady. I don't want. I, if she's listening right now, I'm sorry. Yeah, that was really. I'd call. I know for. you're listening, lady from Paranormal Activity one, two, three, four, nine, or whatever. Those uncalled for, Ben. Chill. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, I mean, it's uh, at least she did a couple sequels and then hit the convention circuit. Unlike you know the crew of Blair Witch, who's like, we did one movie for thirty years, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and guess what? Now we're hitting the convention circuit. Yeah. Do you want me to autograph these twigs for you? <laughs> these, do you want me to autograph these Kleenexes from all the boogers that I? Because <laughs> that's what everybody remembers me for now is the most cinematic booger shot. Yeah. I'm gonna walk up with a wet map and be like, "What are you saying? <laughs> wet map? I went and dug it out of the water." <laughs> but uh, so uh, we can uh, dive into the uh, top five horror Christmas movies if you want to kick it off uh, for me, Ben. With you know what sits at your top five, and you know just kind of why, and you know, uh, well, I guess y'all are doing a collective top five. So if y'all want to kind of just you know tell me what sits at y'all's top five, and you know what you like about it, and if there's anything that kind of Anything that makes it sit at five instead of one, pretty much. You know what I mean? Okay. Yeah. Uh, do you want to? Do we start with number five? So where we're going? Yeah, we'll go from five down to two. Then we'll hit some honorable mentions. That way we don't spoil anything on our list. And then we'll hit okay. uh, one. We'll do it Watch Mojo style. If you ever checked out Watch Mojo. Well, hell yeah. Okay. Welcome cool. Watch yeah. Mojo. <laughs> I don't know what that is. But... YouTube channel. Oh, it's YouTube. Yeah. Okay. Pretty much just a list. Yeah. Everything's just a list. But it's like oh. fun to look at their horror list and their action movie list and shit like that. Lists okay. on everything. Like top just five lists. Pittsburgh podcast. You wow. guys are on it. Even now. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Great. Thank you, uh, John Mojo or whatever. Well, if you're in the lists, you guys tuned in to the right fucking show this week because <laughs> Lance and I put, put together a list collectively of some of our favorite <laughs> yeah. Christmas horror movies. And uh, so number five, I uh, this was a, a me pick here for number five. I, I went with Christmas Evil. Fuck yes. From, I think, 1980. Yeah. And we covered this on the show a while back. And I remember when we did it on the show, I wasn't that crazy about it because it was a first time watch for me. But I believe they played this on The Last Drive-In with Joe Bob Briggs maybe a year or two ago. I can't remember. Yeah, it was the was, uh, Saves Christmas special. The Saves Christmas one. Okay. Yeah. And that was... That was um, my second time watching it. I liked it a lot more the second time around. It's really got like, it's almost like taxi driver meets like a Christmas movie in a lot of ways. I don't know. It might be a weird way to describe it, but yeah. Yeah. I just, I, it's about this loner guy who's again, obsessed with Christmas because what he saw his, 
his dad and his mom or his mom getting it on with Santa Claus when he was a kid or something like that. Yeah, and it was just his dad dressed as Santa, but, like, it fucked him up because he thought it was his mom, like, cheating and shit. Yeah, he thought she was cheating, and it cuts to years later. He works at a toy factory, and, you know, it just takes Christmas very seriously. Ends up, you know, kind of growing a beard, dressing up like, or, or no, gluing a beard onto his face and dressing up like Santa Claus and killing some people. I, I don't know. I just, I, it, it's pretty fun. I just, he I like glues the beard on? Yeah. Yeah, he glues it on. Yeah, and the guy that the guy who's in that movie is totally Fiona Apple's dad. Really? Yeah. What the fuck? I didn't know that. <laughs> no shit. The guy that plays Harry, like the main guy. The main guy is Fiona Apple's dad. Holy yeah. shit. So there you go. A little trivia from a neon brainiac right here. So fuck yeah. No, yeah, no. I like that one. Do you like that one? Yeah, I uh I really love that one. That one's gonna be uh, a little further up on my list, actually. I won't say where quite yet, but I'll go ahead and talk about it a little bit just so we don't have to spend time on it, you know, twice or whatever. But uh no, I really enjoy the like the shit out of it. Like you said, when, once he glues the beard onto his face and starts like yanking yeah. on it and shit, that's like when you know that he's just not all there. So like everything after that like starts to click is like, I don't know, it's just very tense. Like there's a scene early on before he even like really goes out and does anything where he's hiding in the bushes and he's calling to a kid that he saw earlier on in the movie, like looking at porno. Because yeah. he pretty much decides he's going to go out and decide who's like naughty and nice and shit. And uh, he's like, yeah, he's got the- his own list. He's got his own naughty and nice list. He, he monitors the kids in the neighborhood and puts them on the list. It's great. Really? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, I mean, full disclosure, I don't really mind disclosing this to your listeners. I mean, I Christmas horror movies are a massive cultural blind spot for me. I don't yeah. know why. I just don't love Christmas. So I don't really watch a lot of them. So Ben's list had the ones I would have put when I was building mine. Yeah. So I'm just, I'm just, I hitched onto his wagon. So but this one, this one, I am like the outsider learning about this movie. I have okay. not really heard much about this movie before. It sounds pretty interesting. I think you would dig it because it does have that 70s kind of vibe to it. Yeah, it looks like yeah. it's 1980. So yeah. it's like right so it's on probably the probably shot in the 70s. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds cool. Yeah, but there's like a scene where he's like in the bushes calling to like the naughty kid and like eventually, you know, nothing happens with it. You know, like the kid's mom comes up and grabs him before it happens and then he goes on with the night. But it's like from that moment on, almost every time he gets in around somebody who's more vulnerable or any situation where he like has a weird look on his face, you just you almost like immediately started to wonder like, oh, fuck, what is he about to do? You know, so it's just uh, he's got a very good tone to it. And I almost feel like uh, like how you kind of compared it to Taxi Driver. I feel like uh, Joker took almost more from this film than it took from Taxi Driver, just because of the way this film actually fully plays out, you know, in the end. Ooh, yeah, that's a good call right there. I also don't want to gloss over the fact that that kid's mom that pulls him out of the bushes is totally the mom from Home Improvement. Totally tool time. Mom <laughs> oh, fuck <there>. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, she's in the credits. Yeah. But no, you're right. I, I think yeah, some liberties from, from this movie here, if you will. But yeah, it's, it's a good, it's just a good like character study kind of movie. You know, it's Does he just, only go after children or no? No, he goes after adults too. Yeah. Know? Now, there's actually a scene that, uh, without teasing too much, there's a scene where he almost, like, after a while, they start to, you know, he after he does a few things, you know, they start to they start to be on the lookout for a, a fucked up Santa Claus, you know, running around town and stuff. And there's a scene where, like, the kids are, like, running up to him, and the parents are, like, not running up to him because they're, like, worried he might be that fucked up guy or whatever. And yeah. it's, that's, like, one of the most, like, tense scenes and shit like that, like, the way it just fully plays out and stuff. So, like, it's, uh, it's little stuff like that that it's, like, you almost... It, like the whole movie you kind of spend wondering like when is he about to t- like 
he, he attacks adults for majority of the film. And it's almost like every time he uh, has a kid run up, you're just waiting for that to be the time it turns into a kid, you know? Yeah. It's a good anti-hero story too. Cause right. He, he sort of, he works for a toy company. He yeah. kind of st- steals a lot of toys from that company and donates them to a local, you know, like orphanage or, or what have so you. So is he nice to the nice list on the movie? Like, does he do, you know, if he has a naughty list and a nice list, does he actively do things because he thinks is good or is it more just he donates to the charity? He definitely lashes out against people that he thinks are naughty. Yeah. Yeah. So. yeah like, like you, Ben. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. It's, it's a lot like I base a lot of my life around this character. Yeah. I mean, as you can see, I have a, I have a beard glued to my face right now. Yeah. I was wondering about that. That was yeah. a weird choice. <laughs> He does. Uh, there is like a like in the beginning, you know, when I mentioned the the boy that he deemed naughty or whatever, when he's calling in the bushes, there's a girl as well as in the neighborhood that he deems like nice or whatever. So he does do something to like look out for her to kind of show like as well as, you know, like uh, Ben said, he sends all the toys to the kids and stuff, which uh, mm-hmm. that's one thing that leans into it. Like, the, like you said, the antihero characters, like a lot of the people on his naughty list, you kind of are on his side with like one of the people on the naughty list is. Uh, a guy that's higher up at his company that promised toys to the kids and pretty much was like, oh, well, we don't have enough for all of them. So we'll just send them whatever the fuck we have. And it is what it is. And he's like, no, you promised them all toys, you know? So it's like, you kind of root for like the people he makes, like he puts on the naughty list makes sense to like, you know, the viewer, but at the same time, he's so unhinged that you're worried that it's just going to be like something stupid that puts somebody on the naughty list, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's got a nice surreal ending to it too, without spoiling too much. Really? Which I which I appreciate. Yeah. It looks like it's on Tubi for free. Yeah, so that's good. Check this one out. Big, uh, big, uh, John John Waters, big fan of this movie. Too. Really? Yeah. Fuck you. Now the Joe Bob, it's still on Shutter. So if you want to watch the Joe Bob Saves Christmas special, I've actually uh, I've been rewatching one of one of the movies on my list, and uh, I saw that that was up there as well. So I was gonna watch that next. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Do uh, you have any final thoughts or anything you want to share about it before I jump on my number five? No, I think we rapped about it enough. I, I, yeah, I just dig it. I think it's pretty neat. Hell yeah. So uh, now my number five is, um, and you'll kind of notice from my list is, uh, well, Lance, and I'm not super versed in, uh, holiday horror. I've kind of become more versed over the past few years. So a lot of these films I've only seen like once or twice. Yeah. But, uh, my number five is the film rare exports. Have you guys seen that yet? No, I've not seen that. Uh, I think I saw the the art and stuff. I think is oh, yeah. that on one of the is that one of the streaming services? Is that yeah? That's one that uh, I believe it's on quite a few. I think it's still on Shutter, and then it's on yeah. another few of them. But so he's got like a kid with a helmet on or something in the art. Yeah, I yeah. the one I thought. Yeah, the Christmas Tale. Yeah, it's on Tubi as well. I think yeah, it's on Hulu, Amazon Prime. So it's on like a few different ones. Pluto. Yeah. Wait, yeah. this isn't a, this isn't another name for the French one, the Pierre Noel. No, the alone thing, right? No, that's uh, yeah, no, that one's also called like Deadly Games, and then yeah, uh, Deadly Games, yeah, okay, like 3615 yeah. code or Pierre Noel, and then Pierre Noel, yeah, Dial code Santa okay. Claus, I think, are like the three names for that one, but okay, yeah, I was just making sure I wasn't missing something there. You said a kid with a helmet on, I remember that kid being all into Rambo and shit, so yeah, so I won't, uh, I'll kind of like just give like a short synopsis about this one because if neither of y'all have seen it, I'd like for you to check it out, you know, without ruining too much, but yeah. um. So pretty much uh, it's about a small village. It's a, uh, this is a Finnish film. The director's from Finland. It's shot in Finland oh. and everything. And then. Uh, oh, okay. I, I was just, I thought you said it was finished. I was like, I hope so. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I hope it's done. Okay. Yeah. Now, there's just random green screen in the background. During the movie. <laughs> but uh, 
so pretty much it's about a like it starts with a an excavating team like in a mountain in finland that has dug down like 300 uh, miles into the ground or whatever and they end up and that might be wrong i don't know my geology or whatever it is but uh so they dug down and they they end up finding sawdust and they're like this is fucking weird or whatever and this is december 1st and they're like you know the uh, the people at the very beginning of the film were american and stuff and they're over in finland like digging and the guy acts like it's not weird but then he tells them all like all of his guys like hey you got to start behaving you got to start doing like this shit and this shit and it's like kind of weird but like left up to obscurity but then it fast forwards to like that's just the first 10 minutes of the film and then it fast forwards to the uh, Christmas Eve and pretty much a bunch of kids start disappearing and uh, uh, a few other weird things start happening. But this kid and his friend uh, climbed up on that mountain and like saw what, you know, that they had been like digging and stuff like that. And they yeah. end up they end up finding this old man in the woods who uh, they believe is Santa Claus. And so he like turns him over to his dad and shit like that because his dad is a hunter and he ends up uh like building a trap and the old man falls in the trap and gets hurt so the old man's like you know his family starts to take care of him and shit but uh that guy doesn't end up being santa claus he ends up being something but uh, i don't want to give it away too much because it's like really cool but it pretty much uh ends up being about like an evil santa claus you know what i mean without giving away like how it's an evil santa claus but nice um, yeah the main dude main dude looks pretty spooky i mean i'm I'm not spoiling anything myself, just in general thumbnails and like, uh, yeah. but like he looks, the guy that cast looks pretty creepy. Yeah. And the yeah. best part of the film is uh, it feels very Spielberg ish. Like it kind of runs a story where it's like child heroes, like figuring out what's going on at the same time as like these adults, like doing scientific and like, like their own experiments and, you know, and then it all comes together at the end, how like a lot of Spielberg films and like people that try to mimic them, you know, do. So. That's, itch- that's interesting you say that because I looked at like the art for it. It does have a sort of ambling entertainment like it does yeah. look to it. Yeah, I'm looking at it now. Lance is showing. So like the marketing cool. people definitely got that out of it because like the art looks like sort of ambling and Spielberg esque. Yeah, no, that's one I definitely uh, recommend checking out. And um, like I said, it's very accessible, so it's just you know a matter of watching something with subtitles. But it's not very long either. It's like an hour and a half, so it doesn't drag or nothing either. Bad news, man. You gotta read to watch this one. Uh. Yeah, no how. God, I never learned to read. Oh, man. I'll send you my hooked on phonics. <laughs> okay, cool. Thank you. I appreciate that. Just don't comment on how worn out they are. And no, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> well, I haven't thought of hooked on phonics in forever. I know, man. It took a while. Hooked on monkey phonics. Is, I always think about that because of the South Park episode. But, <laughs> but yeah, I won't. Uh, that's pretty much all I'll say about that one. Because, you know, like I said, I don't want to spoil a bunch, you know, if you guys haven't seen it. And plus, like I, I know it's a little bit obscure still. Like it's starting to gain popularity because I think it got a Blu-ray release also that kind of yeah. shot it back into popularity because it came out in 2012. So it's not that old either. But it um like I think either Vinegar Syndrome or Arrow Video literally put it on Blu-ray last Christmas or the Christmas before. And that's why it's starting to resurge throughout like streaming services and shit. So this Vinegar Syndrome does a lot of stuff. huh? Yeah. Yeah. On top of it, man. Yeah. They do a lot. Hell yeah. No, that sounds awesome. I got to check that out. Hell yeah. You can go on with uh, your, your number four if you're ready for that, guys. I'm ready, man. Number four. Santa Slay. Bill oh, no. <laughs> Not going with that. You just got ice. Might might be on my my uh, my honorable mentions, but yeah, number four for me is totally Silent Night, Deadly Night Two, baby. Hell yeah, it's garbage day. Uh huh, garbage day. Yeah, dude, this movie. I'll just fully put it out there. It's dog shit. 
All right. Yeah. Like it's stupid. And this is a sequel, obviously, to Silent Night, Deadly Night one, where the producers just wanted to cash in on the success. So they shot like 45 minutes of a movie and then padded it out with literal scenes and shit from the first movie. So like, <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. So like if you've never seen the first one, you could actually just watch Silent Night, Deadly Night 2, get a good vibe of the first movie and see these extra scenes that they shot with this guy named Ricky, who's supposed to be like the little brother of the kid, which is hilarious because like, it's hilarious in like this bad movie way that like he has memories of like things his brother did that like he was never was even never fucking there. there. Yeah. yeah. Like, there's no way he could know this, but his, he has this like mega acting, like overacting, like sneer that he does when he's, he's like talking to a therapist throughout the movie when he's describing this stuff. Oh my god, it may, it cracks me up every time. Well, I because uh, I mean I I've, I've seen the rest of the list, but this is another one that I, I I have vague memories of the first one. But you mentioned there's like a popular meme yes. of this, and I knew the meme, and I didn't realize that's what it's from. Yeah, you know the meme because yeah, there's a scene where there's a guy taking out his garbage, and he's like garbage day, and just shoots the guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous. I mean, there's all there's so many just ridiculous lines in this movie, even at the end where he like raises an axe to kill somebody. And it sounds like he says moo. He's like, moo, like that. And you're like, why is he saying moo? Like, what is what is this movie? It's so bad, but it's so bad. It's fun, I feel like. So I I, I just weirdly like this. Movie. Yeah, that's an art all its own. Yeah, know, honestly. Now, I wish I could have been in the pitch room and the guy was like, see, we're just going to mix the first movie with the second movie. And the guy's like, you can't do that. And he's like, Coppola fucking did it. And it's like, yeah. <laughs> this is a pile of shit, though, not the Godfather. Yeah. No, I uh, I really enjoy I'm with you, though. That's like it's almost like uh, not obviously not on that level of bad. It's close, but uh, it's very like troll to ish, like where it's just like you watch it knowing it's bad because it's so fun. It's good. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just it's more just the overacting of the guy that plays Ricky is yeah. hilarious to me. And his little sneer and the way he just delivers lines is hilarious to me. So yeah, I I don't know. I I just I have a lot of fun with this one every time I watch it. I mean, I, I acknowledge that it's not a good movie. I almost wish that they didn't use so much of the flashbacks of the original movie and just made an entire movie with this guy because yeah. he's that good. Is that insane. fun to watch? So they should have just done a whole movie called Garbage Day. You know, like it would have been great. Yeah. Whole new holiday movie, too. Like that's right. Yeah. So they weren't all covered. Get the fuck out of here. Garbage Day comes every week. You yeah. know what I mean? So it's a holiday every week. I yeah. We're onto something there. I know. Copyright, copyright, copyright. Kent, don't steal that. Yeah. Shit, and it still could have been a sequel because like the garbage day after Christmas is like dreaded because it's full it of extra garbage. So it's like fuck. Oh yeah. I was a janitor at one point in elementary school after those uh Christmas parties. Man, that was a that was a rough day. You were for like an extended period of time. I was a custodian for a couple of years, yeah. I would do a thing where in between college you'd come back and like clean up the school and like paint things for like three months. Oh, you would do that. But yeah, yeah, you were like a straight up actual custodian. Yeah. Oh yeah, it was. What's that like? Huh? Wow. That sucked. Did you have to do the sawdust thing and shit, I guess, because the kids would puke? Uh I didn't have to clean up too much puke, luckily. A lot of poop and pee though. Yeah. <laughs> good, good. A lot of poop and pee. Good. Yeah. Little little boys don't have good aim. Yeah. He you're you're welcome, Tim. You got all these 
get the highbrow stuff you bring us. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Little kids uh, piss stinks at 11. <laughs> yeah, it does. Yeah. Tough to get that smell out. Pungent. That's what... Uh, <laughs> Sex Panthers made out of <laughs> it is, yeah. That's that's where they came up with it. This uh, Catholic school I worked at, yeah. So, is uh, any final thoughts on your number four before I jump in? That, that's it, yeah. Just I, I think it's a it's a stupid movie, but it makes me laugh, so I like it. Hell yeah, no, I definitely feel you on that. My number four is actually one that you mentioned when I was talking about my number five, and it's uh, Pierre Noel or Dial Code Santa Claus or 3615. Uh, Pierre Noel, however you want to say it, but our deadly games, but that's uh, my number four. Um, mostly just because yeah. I, I really, like you said, the kids like uh, well, this actually came out like two years before Home Alone, um, mm-hmm. but, it's, but it's actually very similar to Home Alone, you know, with the concept of a kid and his grandpa being alone on Christmas Eve. And uh, and his grandpa's very like Willy Wonka ish, like fucking can't see, can't walk yeah. really. Like and he, uh, um, before the golden ticket, of course, once the golden ticket comes, you know, grandpa's back up and good to go, but uh, he becomes Shaquille O'Neal. But, anyways, uh, <laughs> so, so him and his grandpa are home alone, and he's, you know, like he's one of the only kids around his age that still believes in Santa Claus. So he's like trying to reach out in any way, and he ends up reaching out to like a chat room, and he's like, uh, hey, Santa you know, I'm looking for you. It pretty much just reaches out to Santa via like a chat room. And over in France, apparently back then they had this thing where there would be like these uh, public computers and you can go, yeah. you could like dial in to. It was, it was called the Minitel. I was obsessed with this. We, we covered this on the show last year. Hell yeah. Uh, with the ladies from Ghoul on Ghoul. And yeah, it was, I was obsessed with that device. Yeah. It was like a little, like a, a kiosk, like in a shopping mall that you could, communicate to people on the internet with it was weird yeah yeah it's almost like a standalone like an internet cafe payphone almost like <laughs> yeah it was it was interesting yeah they called it the minitel yeah it's uh it existed till 2012 yeah minitel. it was it was very interesting to me when we covered this last year yeah yeah oh yeah funny, funny enough you bring up john hughes there's a lot of debate whether or not he ripped this off for home alone. Uh, apparently he did go to France on vacation right around when this movie was released in 1989. Yeah. And a, a lot of people seem to think that, cause this was a big hit over in, in Paris and France and shit. And a lot of people seem to think he lifted well, this idea for I mean, home where alone. the McAllister's going on vacation they're going, they're going to france to, yeah they're going yeah. to france right paris right? yeah hell yeah He's, he claims that it was because you know as he was going to france john hughes says this or said this i should say goddamn liar that he yeah that he just <laughs> he came up with this idea but i don't know is it a coincidence that he went to <clears throat> paris when this movie was being released and then wrote a very similar concept for an american movie i don't know you know Maybe. And nowadays they pump out like an American version of so many foreign films so quick that it probably wouldn't have been that hard for him to be like, hey, I want to make an, you know, <laughs> an American version of that. And they just wouldn't have done anything. But because he really wanted it to be his original idea. Mm-hmm. It's like, eh, but... This movie sounds wild, though. So it's like there's a vagrant gets the other the message on the other side of the minitel. Is yeah. that what happens? And he comes to the house and the kid's trying to capture Santa. Is that what I'm Yeah, and the of? kid and he's basically trying to kill the kid. Yeah. And, yeah. and he's got to fight back and he's got this elaborate house with, you know, he's very, very Genius, well off. Right? Yeah. Like his mom is very rich. She works for like a department, you know, like the president of like some kind of department store in France. And yeah, it's interesting. It's a lot. It's similar to Home Alone. It's not exactly like Home Alone, but it's very similar. Yeah. And yeah, it's, I mean, 
Definitely sounds a little more intent, like ill intent, like intense, like wet yeah. bandits sort of trying to like murder Kevin. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's yeah. a little, it's a little more sinister, I will say. Uh, gorgeously shot too, by the way. It's, uh, it's, I. Well, it's French. I yeah, mean, I mean, I like the movie. It, yeah. It's good. It's a good pick there, Tim. Always yeah. great at that. Yeah, and the kid's house is like a fucking mansion. It's that's one thing about it is it's like literally like the almost the house the kid gets in blank check, like fucking just fucking like our Hogwarts. This shit's got like levels to it, and he's got like a secret rooms and shit. So uh he's even I'm got so like, glad you said blank check. Oh yeah, because <laughs> yeah, well, every McIntosh, kid's dream. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. no, I love million that. dollars. <laughs> And then uh, the guy from Twin Peaks and that is fucking like literally the same character, just chasing a kid with a blank check. Just like, Basically, yeah. But uh, nah, the, uh, the girl but, from Dumb, the girl from Dumb and Dumber has like an almost kiss with the main kid. Remember? Yeah. Oh yeah. Right? Shit. <laughs> I can't remember, what's her name in Dumb and Dumber? I can't. Remember. Mental's the other guy. I can't remember her name is. Uh, Mary Swanson. No, that's the the. One of the gang, one of the gas men that come to the door, like one of the goons. Oh, her. Yeah, yeah she's the love name. lead. And yeah. almost says, she's almost like, you think she's going to kiss that little boy or whatever. Okay, I thought you were talking about Lauren Holly for no. a like, I haven't seen Blank Check in a while. So I don't, I don't have the, uh, the Vinegar Duffy. Syndrome Blu ray of Blank Check. So <laughs> maybe next year. Waiting on that one. It didn't yeah. come with my rad. Uh, sure, it's on Disney Plus. Oh, yeah. True. <laughs> But now, then, uh, so, of course, you, you know, he has more to his advantage, you know, being a rich kid with a mansion. And then I won't spoil anything that happens later on in the film. So that way, if anybody wants to check it out, but like uh, kind of small spoiler alert slash trigger warning that one thing that happens kind of early in the film that is a very like big turn and kind of sets the tone going forward is like when the, the vagrant Santa finally like shows up for the first time. He uh, kills the, the kid's dog like right in front of him and he does it very fucking. Br- it's like one of the most brutal dog killings that's ever happened on t- like a movie, I feel like. Really? straight up yeah well you yeah. just lost you just lost me yeah <laughs> it's pretty i mean it's not like it doesn't happen long you know it's not drawn out but it's just like the fact that they did it like was just shocking to me and it almost it was kind of like a feat that they even pulled it off and made it look that real but but no nah, there's that and then the kid you know actually like cries out to his mommy a few times and he, like you know why he's got a moment alone and stuff and just shit like that that sets the tone apart like you said from home alone that keeps it very like horror and uh thrillerish to where like home alone all the time it's like one-liners from kevin McAllister and shit like that you know what i mean or cutaway yeah. jokes so yeah not a lot of dog killing in any of the home alones unfortunately <laughs> yes. so you know <laughs> a lot of burning aftershave though <laughs> a lot of burning aftershave <laughs> scary yeah. furnaces yeah a lot of uses of the word jerk you know look what you did you little jerk a lot of birds is extras that's a little bit of animal cruelty no i'm just kidding yeah a lot of birds yeah i wonder how many birds died in that fucking bird lady scene she sat on no, a good, good pick man good pick. <laughs> i appreciate it man yeah that's one that i really enjoy i uh i've been re-watching that as well lately because it's part of the joe bob saves christmas and that's actually when i first saw it i just immediately fell in love i was like holy fuck and i think it got the same thing that i think arrow video got my number five rare exports, but vinegar syndrome definitely did deadly games or Dow code yeah. Santa Claus or whatever. And that was like a huge resurgence for it. And I'm uh, really glad it, you know, got it because I feel like it deserved it and probably only really got pushed under in America due to home alone. You know what I mean? People were like, why watch a gory movie when I can watch the same thing and laugh. Yeah, that's true. But yeah. Now if anyone wants to hear, uh, you know, neon brainiacs, take a deep dive on that. We covered it last year for Christmas. So yeah, check it out. It's on there. Hell yeah. But we can dive into uh, your number three, man, if you're ready. Oh, I'm ready. (laughs) Can't talk about Silent Night, Deadly Night 2 without talking about my number three, Silent Night, Deadly Night 1, baby. Oh, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Hell yeah. 
Yeah, dude. I mean, this one really kind of kicked off the moms against violent movies movement of the 80s. I mean, moms were outraged that there was a killer Santa Claus in 1984. And yeah, this thing is pretty violent, pretty over the top with the nudity and things like that. You got Linnea Quigley with her fucking top off getting shoved through some reindeer antlers at one point. (laughs) I mean, it's gnarly. And I mean, you think Christmas slasher, this is I don't know. I mean, this, this is what you think of. Yeah. This is the quintessential one, if 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 you want my opinion. If so. I remember the main character, the trauma that made him turn into this is like the worst series of events. Like, it's ever, terrible. Right? Yeah. Like, doesn't his dad is somebody dies, right? Well, he's he's just on a tri- well, he's on a trip with his parents to go visit his grandfather. Does his grandfather say like don't trust Santa? He punishes bad boys and dies or something. Yeah, his grandfather's a creep. <laughs> he, he's he's yeah. just kind of he's supposed to be mute. But he ends up like when he's alone with the boy, he tells him about like, you like Santa Claus, don't you? You know, and like, <laughs> here's what he really does, you know. And then, but then just so happens after hearing this, after hearing this, Santa. yeah, a Santa Claus, a, a criminal dressed or like a, you know, a guy who robbed a convenience store dressed as a Santa Claus, uh, rips his mother and father out of a car and kills the dad, rapes his mom, and, and then kills, kills her. her. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, yeah, it's, it's yeah. brutal. Yeah. So, yeah. You can see why this guy's got a few hangups about Santa. Yeah, you know, yeah. like I mean, yeah, I remember, that's the thing I remember the most is what turned him into this. Yeah, it's it's pretty brutal, and I mean, this thing is pretty grimy when it comes to just like how kind of seedy it is. But yeah, it, I I don't know more than more than a lot of the, of the movies of the era, like even worse. So I think I think I so. Correct. Yeah, yeah. So a lot of just um, very exp- exploitive. Sort yeah, of very exploitive. Yeah. But I, I I don't know. Like I said, talking the holidays, you may as well watch something that's grimy and exploitive. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's it is the season. Yeah. Right. So also uh, I love that the killer throughout the entire movie goes like naughty before he kills somebody. <laughs> <laughs> naughty. Yeah. So I don't know. Uh All plus right. a, adult Billy in this movie. He's like a blonde-haired, blue-eyed uh hunk, man. Guy's hot, dude. Jesus Christ. So it's got a little something for everybody <laughs> a little man meat for the women <laughs> that's what i mean yeah i mean geez why not yeah you boobs in it you better as well have some man meat yeah you got some boobs got some man meat oh yeah that's, that's christmas like, spirit i don't know <laughs> <laughs> that's what i remember most is it just it was like because i actually was one of these movies i think i was something we did on neon brainiacs that oh pumpkin head yeah where i said it was pumpkin. like I, I was attracted to the cover art and that's yeah. what made me Check it out. Oh, yeah. And when I first watched Silent Night, Deadly Night, I think I was like 12 because I just thought the cover was like cool. Like that. It still has like the axe and the chimney. Yeah. Okay. Santa's going in the chimney, but he's got the axe. Yeah. yeah. And so I checked it out and I was like, I remember being like, wow, this is, this is a lot. It is a lot of a lot. Yeah. It's also got an appearance from one of my favorite character actors. So the, the guy who owns the store that Billy works in, or he's the manager of like the department store he works at. Was totally the guy from the Great Outdoors from oh, yeah. uh, oh. uh, John Candy, the guy who's got the lightning. Yeah, he's got struck six 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 in 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 the head. Yeah, it's totally that guy. So I got to give it props for that. Oh, cool! Because I love the Great Outdoors, one of my favorite movies. So love John Candy. I love Candy. Big Candy Man over here. Oh yeah. Now this is one that I uh, really enjoy as well. It's probably more of an honor, uh, honorable mention for me, but uh, it's just been a while since I've seen it, so that's why it doesn't really sit. You know 
I can't really put it in my top five, but I'll probably end up uh, rewatching it this holiday season as well and see if it, you know, shoots back up there. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. That's my number three. So Fuck yeah. well, the neon brainiacs, number three, I should say. <laughs> Benz. Yeah. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> I'm not too. Well, I got our next two. I think we're going to I'm just here as a one. representative. Yeah. The next two, I have strong yeah. feelings about both of them. Yeah. Very strong. Oh, yeah. It's no Santa sleigh. But, well, what is yeah. you know? Silent Dead Daily Night number three for me might have been Santa's. <laughs> Hell yeah! Now what? Uh, have you guys on my show to cover that one because it's a '90s show? <laughs> so, there you go. Next season. <laughs> but uh, now my number three is uh, one that we already covered, uh, and that's Christmas Evil. I won't linger on it too much, but I just uh, I really love the pacing of the film. I love the main character of Harry and like how unhinged he is and. Um, like how they trickle it into making it go full blown. I won't like again. I won't say uh, too much. Just I don't want to spoil the ending. Of course, with uh, you know Lance not seeing it, but like you said, I love the whole like crazy ending that kind of happens that yeah leaves it up for everybody. And um, no, I just I really like that film, and it's one that I've uh, since I saw it for the first time a few years back. I've watched it like quite a few times for sure. Yeah, you honestly all have got me pretty interested in checking this out. Yeah, what's what's interesting to me about this Christmas Eve one is even for a lot of movies I haven't seen, I've at least heard of so many movies, right? Yeah. And I had never even somehow never even heard of this one. Yeah, I think it has another title too. Yeah. yeah, as I say, it's also called uh, Better Watch Out, I think, but it's mostly known for Christmas Evil because Better Watch yeah. Out eventually got adopted by that new f- film that came out a few years ago. Yeah, which was eh, the less said about that, the better. So. Yeah, if you want to uh, jump into your number two uh, pick for top Christmas horror movies. I can do that. This one is one of my jams. Yeah. I love this movie. Number two from the Neon Brainiacs. Top five Christmas horror movies. Number two, Gremlins, baby. Fuck yes. My number two as well. So we can just link it up right there. Boom. Nice. (laughs) Yeah, dude. Fuck. Gremlins, dude. So good. I mean, this is one of my favorite 80s movies, period. Yeah. Yeah. It's just as, yeah, aside from a Christmas movie, it's just a great movie. Yeah, like I agree with it being two versus one because one has centrally Christmas horror movie. Yeah. And for Gremlins, it's more of the backdrop for what the plot is. Exactly. You know? Yeah. But it's like one of my favorite movies. Oh, yeah. This was definitely one that I saw very early, very young as a kid. And it freaked me out as a kid. Really? Yeah. Like it was one of those first movies that I was like, I don't know if I should be watching this. <laughs> yeah. You know, well, the, the gremlins themselves are so impressively done. Like, oh yeah. I'm not surprised. They're yeah. Out. They're, they're wonderful. Yeah. They're, they're great. But it, I, it's one of the, it's one of the things I miss about movies that are just like, it not only, you know, is fun for adults, it's fun for kids and it's dangerous too. Like they don't make movies for kids anymore that are just like, a little bit dangerous yeah, you know yeah yeah everything's so saccharine and watered down you know even you watch these fucking marvel movies and shit and all that like stuff that's like geared towards kids like yeah there's some danger in it you know i'm putting this in air quotes for people on the radio but it's it's just so saccharine and just watered down like this actually like like an old lady that flies off that fucking stair yeah. stair wheelchair like into the, into the street there's like there's horrifying moments in this movie. i mean is it is it really made for kids though when it was made or is it sort of made for both audiences intentionally because i mean there's so much in it and i want to say it was it was made joe for Dante, both yeah. yeah joe dante's like catalog goes, like seems to usually skew a little adult true yeah right so like 
But I mean, you don't put a thing like Gizmo in the movie, yeah. not thinking that kids aren't going to buy the doll. Yeah, they definitely shit. merchandise the movie. Yeah. So yeah. what is it? It's, it's PG, right? It's not PG. Even, yeah. yeah. This is before I think this is one of the movies where the MPAA was like, "Hey, maybe we should make PG thirteen a thing." Yeah, yeah. We need a middle ground. Yeah, because yeah, it was just PG or R. You know. Yeah. Yeah. But I, yeah, it's it's. I mean, Gizmo I, was incredible though. I, I, I love that little. A little shit oh dude yeah. it's an, it's it's masterful filmmaking uh joe dante script by uh, chris columbus who you know yeah. wrote home alone and directed, directed home alone and you know did some things you know mrs doubtfire things like that but yeah i i just love this movie it, it's it's sweet but it's sadistic and it's it's kind of slapstick. Yeah, it's got that too, humor, like, that Looney Tunes. Hey, one of them flashes yeah. in the bar. Yeah. There's <laughs> like a little coat on. It's, it's where'd a lot of Where'd you get that coat? Yeah, where'd you get that little grumpy <laughs> coat? Where'd you get it? Where'd you get that coat? But no, it's, it's, <laughs> yeah, right. I don't know. I just, it, it just, it, once again, it makes me miss like a sort of bygone era. You know, you got to remember like, gremlins and ghostbusters came out literally the same weekend they yeah. did yeah and they competed in the box they office. competed in the box office yeah gremlins came in number two ghostbusters number one yeah but you got to think both of those movies really caught on with kids both have like some dark themes some genuinely scary moments in both of those movies so, gremlins was a summer movie yeah weird yeah it came out right around uh yeah same same weekend as ghostbusters so yeah yeah, I, I I don't know. Like I said, this, this one, and I could go on all day about you know stuff that's geared towards kids that just, just totally sucks now. And maybe I'm looking through rose-colored glasses. I don't know, but I just feel like they just don't make dangerous movies like this for kids anymore. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, as a I'm a big. I think I mean to make, for some reason to mention this episode again for some reason the episode I did for Pumpkinhead with you like. I made it really clear how much I like creature animatronics. Yeah, you're really plugging this pumpkin head episode. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> but hey, I'm, I'm all for it. But uh, but like I made it really clear episode that I'm really into creature animatronics and creature movies and cool puppetry and that kind of shit. So I don't think it's any surprise that I'm a huge fan of Gremlins. Oh, yeah. yeah. Huge crush on Phoebe Cates as a kid, too. Yeah. So yeah. That's she was in, yeah, she was in all the right movies. Gremlins, Fast Times, fucking... Drop Dead Fred and shit, you know, like oh, yes. that. Drop Dead Fred. I fucking loved her, man. Loved yeah, Drop Phoebe Dead Fred's my shit, yeah. No, that's my favorite part of the whole movie is when she tells the story of her dad getting caught in the fucking Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it sticks with you. It does. <laughs> yeah, I remember even as a kid. I was, was going to bring it up. Yeah, like, yeah, you're like fucked what me the, up. You're like, did she just fucking say what I think she just said? Like, yeah. very one of the few times that you're like, uh, like they wanted them to cut movie. that out. Yeah. yeah, they wanted them to cut that out of the movie. They were they like did. lobbying pretty hard to cut like, that why out. Why is she not dressing up like Santa and killing people yeah. <laughs> with a story like that? <laughs> yeah, but they they argued. I think Joe Dante argued to keep it in. So yeah, no, I think I'm, I love that part. Yeah, for sure. And I think Gremlins kind of suffered close to the same fate as like Hocus Pocus, where it started off like a full on horror, and then like uh, the production companies and shit, they worked them down into being more family oriented. So I think yeah. that's why it's like so dark. But uh, I've definitely heard the same thing that you were saying, Ben, where it's like uh, I think this film and what like Indiana Jones or something else like lent into the whole like I think it was this film and Poltergeist were the two films that they were like, yeah, we need PG thirteen like that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, no, I think uh, Temple of Doom was big on that, too, because there's a lot of kind of harrowing moments in that as well. 
once again another movie i saw as a kid like i was I mean, like he rips I, somebody's heart out yeah right? like i want to see indiana jones and yeah he rips the guy's fucking heart out it's still movie. beating <laughs> yeah like it's i don't know like i said you just you wouldn't see that in one of these you know captain um you know fucking hawkeye or whatever you know movies that yeah. they're they're putting out that just all be you know cgi boring fight choreography and just would suck you know you wouldn't have anything that raw in a movie geared towards kids that are selling action figures you know yeah now the closest thing to it nowadays is uh stranger things can get dark at times but other than like no movies are really hitting on anything but what was the other movie said like red ones that the studio talked them down from what did you just say uh, poltergeist no, uh, Hocus Pocus was the one. Oh, no, Hocus Pocus, yeah. Yeah, it was but supposed it, to be originally more uh, like straight horror and it kind of got... Really? Yeah. I listened to an episode of uh, Postmortem with Mick Garris and it was a... um, He does like uh, episodes every now and then where he does like an AMA and stuff like that. And it was one of those where they asked him about it and he just like went on for a little bit about how like the witches were supposed to be like way scarier and like there was way less humor and shit, but... Uh, they kept rewriting it into like what it became, but it like he he's glad that they did what they did, but like he just was saying, you know, like, it was originally just straight up horror. Yeah, in the case of this and Gremlins, I do kind of agree that they actually sort of made something magical by yeah. talking them off those ledges. Yeah, you know, like like because it forced them to add these like family elements, so it created a strange couple of movies with these two. It's a perfect mix. I feel like there's just yeah. enough like horror elements in Gremlins and just enough sweet family you know value kind of shit yeah you know? like the economy of gizmo and the gremlins really is like oh yeah you know and like yeah. the like and like you feel bad for him and he's like the water spills on him and he's like all the all the little balls are little, popping out yeah. you feel really bad for him it looks like it hurts yeah yeah and he's so cute and it looks like he's in real pain that's another thing too uh, gizmo was not in the original script that was steven spielberg all i would the way. guess with what tim just said that again, yeah that strikes me as definitely a thing they added yeah spielberg was like yeah you gotta have a cute one you know yeah like, you know yeah. again spielberg yeah, yeah. he's got he's got the smarts you know so yeah now in between uh the phoebe kate scene and then my other favorite scene that i do have to call out is the silent night scene you know when the mom's walking through the house and they're like playing the music to fuck with her and uh, shit. Like, that part's yeah. so creepy it's yeah. like uh, probably the scariest part of the film for me at least you know back when i was a kid and stuff watching it how about when she stuffs one in the microwave and turns it on yes, yes. First? <laughs> puts another one in the blender right yeah she yeah. fucks them up dude that yeah. scene it's awesome the dad has ridiculous gadgets oh you know, yeah he's got all these weird gadgets that don't work they like, try to make orange juice and shit yeah, yeah like, it's fun yeah it's it's, a, it's just a fun movie i it's, love that one it's such a great movie man yeah no i agree it's uh definitely a 10 out of 10 like there's not much, nothing really about it that you know i don't like yeah same nothing here so that's like one of those things i've always i have this like weird list in my head if i had like a ton of like money and i you know and i had fuck you kind of money you know yeah yeah like i had these like weird props i'd want to buy and they're all really random like yeah. i don't know if you ever saw the movie kubo and the two strings the stop motion film uh-huh. there's these two like japanese ghost sister things that are in it yeah and i would always want an actual like one of those one of that, you know, like yeah. the, the 11 inch like stop motion figure but i would always want like a gremlin like oh, yeah. a proper like the actual like even it's like half of it just the arms and the head or something yeah. i'd want like an actual movie used a screen gremlin. used gremlin yeah yeah oh yeah i dressed my kid up as gizmo this uh, past halloween actually just I was really like, yeah because he's a year old so i was trying to think of something that like uh I was trying to think of something we could do as a family, and we were going to do like Scooby Doo. We were thinking like all the shit, and then uh, 
I was looking through, and my wife's favorite, like, she's not a horror fan at all, but she actually loves Gremlins just from growing up on it. So uh, when I was scrolling through and I saw that under, like, kids' horror costumes, I immediately, like, got her on board. So I was like, fuck yes. So I had him dress up as Gizmo for Halloween. But. Did, did, you, uh, did you dress up as Stripe? <laughs> no, awesome. but I sh- should I should have I should have just done like a uh, like a human version of Stripe or something like put my hair up in a mohawk or some shit. <laughs> I, th- right? I think the only knock on Gremlins you could kind of throw out there is there is some debate about you know they the Gremlins were supposed to be some representation of you know African American culture in the eighties at that time. Really, yeah. they yeah. were. Yeah. Well, that's there. There has been some. Uh, you know. You're looking at it through a you know 2021 lens kind of deal where people are, you know because they got like the shades on they're like listening uh, to, to jazz or whatever in the club and things like that like there's there some people have made that speculation now again i'm a dumb white guy i don't it, it doesn't hit I me that way that. but yeah. yeah some people have speculated that you know yeah that it's a little what about the second one they turn into a bat yeah, that's <laughs> where we're gonna see yeah, I mean, or a bolt of lightning. I, I'm with you. I think maybe it's a bit of a, of a stretch, but some people claim that. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. I haven't heard that. Yeah. Hey, if you hadn't, uh, if you hadn't heard enough about our Pumpkinhead episode, <laughs> uh, remember that I found a bit of trivia that that cute ass dog that's a Pumpkinhead, that scruffy yeah. dog, yeah, is a goddamn dog from Gremlins. That's right. Oh fuck yeah! yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah! Yeah, that's Pumpkin. Right. I think is the dog's real name. <laughs> yeah just guys please lance once you listen to that pumpkin head episode so please go back download it now yeah oh, neon yeah. brainiacs of course uh last thing i do want to mention about gremlins before we move on is just the fucking score like that dun 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 oh dun, yeah dun. it's just it hits so iconically you could be anywhere and hear that shit it's like jaws it's like halloween it's like psycho you know what it yeah. is no matter what so and it's so that's the time if i if i was somewhere and i heard the playing i would be like oh my god this is gremlins yeah like, oh yeah. Like, you would know yeah yeah no, it's a great score I, i'll 100 agree it's, it's awesome no fuck you yeah. it's one of those that uh like i can just listen to it without the movie and like it puts the same smile on my face just bringing me back yeah. to the film type thing but oh, yeah. too. i immediately get in my head the imagery of them on the street when there's like a group of them coming down the street yeah after yeah. The pool. yeah 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 hell yeah love it but uh so that was both of our uh, number twos before we jump into our number ones uh do you have any honorable mentions you want to throw out yeah, I'll throw out one or two honorable mentions here. Definitely my first one would be uh, Krampus from 2015 that came out uh, yeah, a few years ago. Fuck yeah. Really like that one. Uh, Michael O'Donoghue? No, or what's his name? Michael Doherty. Oh, oh Doherty. Yeah, yeah Doherty. Doherty. Trick or Treat. Who made that? Yeah, the guy that did Trick or Treat. I do think that one's pretty fun for a newer Christmas horror film. Uh, I, I checked it out a couple years ago and you know, ever since, uh, usually around the holidays, me and my wife will watch that one. I, I, I do think that one's kind of fun. Oh, yeah. No, that's uh, that's one of my uh, honorable mentions as well, just because, you know, uh, like you said, Michael Doherty did it. And it's obvious that he's got a very good knack for, like, holiday horror with the way Trick or Treat <laughs> worked. And then right. Uh, then he also just knocked it out of the park with his cast. I mean, fucking Adam Scott, David yeah. Kochner, Kochner, however you say it. Like, yeah, uh, almost everybody in this cast, like, you recognize from some other comedy films. But there's also parts of this movie that, are like truly scary like when they go out to look for the daughter in the like snow and shit and it's yeah so, yeah this movie hits just like everything that you want out of a christmas movie like christmas horror movie you know something you can watch with the family that doesn't go so scary that they can't enjoy it but definitely something that you could still get your horror feel out of you know what i mean without yeah it's a nice mix of that holiday 
spirit kind of stuff and yeah some like a fun kind of creature feature kind of kind of movie which i i dig yeah i just i, I thought this one was a, a good like you said just a good mix it was just really good yeah and you can really a lot of people can relate to the big family aspect too i mean of course this is like a campy over-the-top version of that shit but you know it's like uh almost like the same stuff you see in christmas vacation you know with like the crazy uncle and the fucking lunatic all like on like aunt and uncle or whatever or great aunt and uncle that can't even like speak and shit like that you know yeah so which i know in this one it's just a grandma i believe but she always is saying some like weird ass shit in a foreign language to them all and stuff and they're like what so yeah that dysfunctional family aspect to it i think works very well you know brings them all together at the end so yeah i i really dig it yeah I like that one. Oh yeah and what was your other uh honorable mention the other one i'll bring up is uh, a movie called p2 have you ever seen that one? Oh fuck Tim? yeah, with the uh, the car garage. Yeah, where the, yeah. the lady's trapped in the car garage with the the psychopath killer on Christmas time or whatever. Uh, definitely more of a thriller, but I sort of dig that one. I kind of like the vibe of it. I think it's Wes Bentley. I can't remember the actress's name. It's in that Rachel Nichols. Yeah, it's race uh, Wes Bentley and Rachel Nichols breasts that are in that movie. <laughs> um, <laughs> She's and moist yeah. in that whole movie. I don't know why, but she's just <laughs> yeah. like, like oiling her up before every scene. <laughs> a lot of shots of her breasts in that, um, which again, no complaints, but just saying, um, yeah, it's it, that one's a lot of fun. I, I think that one's pretty good. Pretty sinister, uh, nice and dark and, and grimy. And I, I like good thrillers, stalker thrillers like that. So I, I, I'll throw that one out there. I think that one's a little underrated. That sounds pretty awesome. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah, I actually always forget about that one as a Christmas horror, but I really enjoy that one myself. That's one that I might throw back on my watch list. I can pull it like as soon as you said the name, I was like, oh, fuck, yeah, I forgot that was Christmassy. But uh, it's like super Christmassy, actually, because it's like kind of like a lot of his uh, um, motive or whatever. But, yeah, I really enjoy that one myself with uh, like Wes Bentley's fucking a perfect psychopath. <laughs> so. Yeah, he's good in that. And yeah, I like I said, I, I you're right. That one just kind of came and went. A lot of people forgot about it, but I. I just thought that one was kind of neat. Oh, yeah. Well, my uh, only other honorable mention is actually kind of a uh, it's kind of a cheat because it's a TV show. It's uh, an episode of Tales from the Crypt called okay. uh, All Through the House. But I watch this every single year. I've So the past three years, I watched it every morning before I got out of bed on Christmas because it's only 45 minutes and it's on YouTube. So yeah. um, this year, that'll well, probably change having a little one. I'll probably watch it on Christmas Eve night because he'll be asleep or whatever. <laughs> yeah. But uh, so pretty much the premise of this is it's about a woman who decides to kill her husband because he's abusive and a piece of shit. And while she's outside trying to bury him and it's like Christmas time, her daughter's alone in the house. And on the radio, somebody announces that there's a lunatic who escaped. A oh, shit. Asylum. Yeah, this is awesome. I I watched all I've watched all of Tales from the Crypt. Before. Oh, yeah. I haven't seen them in years. So I yeah. 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 No, this is like my favorite episode. Like this is I watch it. Every, like I try to watch it at least on Christmas Eve or Christmas. I, like I said, it's been Christmas Day the past three years with my wife, but I'm probably going to move it to Christmas Eve this year. Just try to keep the tradition. But it's just so fun. Like uh, but they announced that there's a you know lunatic that escaped and he's dressed like Santa and he's out to kill people. So you pretty much got this weird cat and mouse of her trying to bury her dead husband who she murdered, but also worried about the crazy Santa Claus and her daughter who's inside the house alone, not seeing her dead husband, but also not getting got by the Santa. So it's just a bunch of yeah. like a bunch of little shit that happens within 45 minutes. But it so it keeps it tense. It keeps it going like she murders the husband within like five, the first three or four minutes of the, you know, the uh, episode. It's just it's very good. And it's uh 
if it on, I'll be honest, honest, if this was a Christmas film, like if I would have uh, felt like this would count as an inclusion as a Christmas film, this would probably have been my number three and it probably would have pushed back everything from that point, you know, but nice. um, because I really like enjoy this. It's got a stack cast too. I just cannot remember the leading lady is somebody that I've definitely recognized from something before. We'll look for it real quick. I got to check this one out. Yeah. I've, I remember watching tales from the crypt, like when it was on TV. So like, I don't, remember this particular episode there are a couple episodes of that show that stand out in my head but i don't think i caught every single one mary ellen trainer is that who you're thinking of yeah yeah she was uh who didn't she end up being in um oh she was in the goonies she was uh yeah she's she was the, the mom goonies. i think in the goonies and then she was in um she's in die hard uh, yeah force she... force little giant little giants is what i'm thinking of because she's uh scrooged bobby o'shea's uh wife in uh little giants yeah uh, what's his name's wife um ed uh oh yeah i know her yeah the dude that uh played married with children his wife in uh little giants ed o'neill ed o'neill yeah. yeah yeah but so she's uh that's what i always remember from because little giants was like a movie for me as a kid growing up i watched a fuck ton of but well, oh, same yeah uh, i'm showing ben pictures from okay. the episode like, yeah the i kind of remember guy. this yeah larry drake uh who was this guy in yeah larry drake was he in um uh, dark man yes. shit? yeah dark okay man. oh and yeah. i think it if i'm not mistaken the episode is directed by uh robert zemeckis oh get out that's all well then yeah you know you're getting quality you know let me double check that but i'm pretty sure that's who yeah for the most part zemeckis is a pretty damn good director you might have heard yep. a couple things he made yeah a couple things he did like <laughs> so, welcome to marwin <laughs> back to the gump yeah. not only is it directed by robert zemeckis but it was written by fred decker uh well yeah that all that all checks out man that's yeah. great hell yeah. yeah i gotta i gotta watch this one he said it's on youtube yeah and it's actually uh according to imdb it's only like 20 something minutes which actually sounds about right because i think that's why i didn't want to include it because it's like super pretty short you know what i mean it's a tales from the crypt episode so that but. sounds like fun man to watch that yeah that sounds like fun hell yeah unless lance has one he wants to throw in which i know he said santa slay about seven times <laughs> <laughs> i was gonna say i was like i already dipped into santa slay jokes so yeah. no yeah. anything else i could think of is like dog shit like shit like Jack Frost or Ginger Dead Man or those yeah. movies. Yeah. And they're not, they're not uh, good movies. Yeah, they don't yeah. sit on anybody's top five, but I think everybody <laughs> at least enjoys them. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, enjoy them in that really sort of fun, like, look at these bullshit movie way. Yeah, you love seeing Shannon Elizabeth get raped by a snowman. <laughs> Seven PBRs in, brother. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it is ridiculous that that happens. I mean, it is. Yeah, yeah. It's, no, definitely. Like, it's terrible. Imagine that's part of your career is a big felt snowman. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, all right. And I like how they were like, let's make a movie like literally two years later with the same name and just make it a family yeah. film just to confuse everybody when uh, the time comes to hit. Well, <laughs> hey, watch out. Michael Keaton's in that. He's from Pittsburgh. Yeah. All right. So you're treading on some dangerous ground here. OK, Michael Keaton's a god. So yeah. <laughs> plus, plus I had my first ever make out with Jack Frost. <laughs> like, he's, he's, on TV. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. he's hitting that snowball That's windmill and your tongue deep in your fucking girlfriend <laughs> 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 I remember that first ever make out session Michael Keaton as a snowman yeah. <laughs> he's like fucking hitting the hitting the ramp on a snowboard oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's fucked up. like I made my move I was like wait the snowboard smart's coming up yeah as soon as he fucking gets air I'm he gets going air. for it 
Oh, great job, Dad. <laughs> totally radical. Oh, I don't remember yeah, that movie the, at all. That's but. the plot, though. He's the he's their dad. Yeah, he's their dad. He turns into a snowman. There's <laughs> a soul going to a snowman. How does it work? Is he dead? Now I gotta watch yeah. it. He yeah. he has like a harmonica, and he tells his son to play the harmonica, and it like brings his like spirit into the snowman after he dies. Or <laughs> so he's dead. Is that yeah. one? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And what's funny is they thought they were going to cast George Clooney. So if you look at the stony and it looks like George Clooney doesn't look like. (laughs) Wow. Wow. All right. Now I got to watch that just to laugh at it. But then you can, then you can think of me as a ninth grader kissing. Yeah. (laughs) Oh my God. It does look like George Clooney, dude. (laughs) Like, dude, this guy. It does. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I wonder why Clooney dropped out of that masterpiece. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, Leatherheads. <laughs> he was like, "I'm not gonna do this movie. There's no way anybody's gonna get any action with this movie." On. Yeah, and then you know, <laughs> jokes on you, Clooney. I wonder how much they had to pay Keaton for that. Well, <laughs> anyway, yeah. But, uh, all right, yeah. Number one here. I think we're all gonna line up on this. I have a feeling. Yeah, I mean, it hasn't been mentioned yet. Yeah, I think we're all lining up on this. Black Christmas. The 2019 remake, right? No. (laughs) Image and Poots. Yeah, it's uh, Black Christmas from 74, dude. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, that, I mean. Olivia Hussey, John Saxton. Yeah. Kidder. Kidder. Dude, it, again, this is another one where it's like, aside from it being a Christmas movie, which is, again, sort of just the backdrop of this, it's one of the best thriller slasher movies ever made uh, it's one yeah. of the prototypical ones i would guess yeah right? like, like definitely one sort of the helped ones. create the genre helped create the genre i'd say i know it definitely yeah. inspired halloween for sure literally one of my favorites i mean mm-hmm. i just i think it's masterfully done it's still chilling every time i watch it and it's so simple and kind of bare bones but it it works in its favor so much you know, yeah you, you just feel this this small town and the, this it, these college girls getting stalked by this guy who's living in their own fucking house you know it's it's great i don't know i really dig it yeah there's a driving around here that does this cool thing twice a year where they show like uh horror movies four movies a night two nights in a row like all even like all evening and they're always classics right and people people will come from all over the place and camp out for the weekend and stuff ben went they had a jallo fest this past september and ben yeah. was there with me for one of the nights it was okay. a lot of fun yeah, yeah it's really cool one of my favorite memories is one year they showed black christmas with its original like film like mm, yeah, yeah. Like the original cut on a drive-in yeah That's pretty sweet cool. yeah they opened the, one of the they opened saturday night with it in april like two years like right before the pandemic like yeah. the year before the pandemic it was great seeing that like at a drive-in yeah yeah i, oh, bet, yeah. I bet that was fun yeah, yeah. I, Oh, dude, like the like no one's ever been able to match sort of the atmosphere of this movie. Yeah. You know, I always I always ask a lot of horror heads. I'm like, do you guys know any like do you know any like horror films, like you know, Christmas ones like that that are as good as, as that one? Everyone's like, no. You know, like it's yeah. just like yeah. it's it's its own thing. Like it's it's hard to match that movie. It's it's really good. And this is one of those examples um too where you hear of like like some of the best horror films are often made by non-horror directors you exactly know, jaws yeah. and spielberg alien ridley scott yeah um freaking exorcist and william friedkin mm-hmm. like and this movie and it seems like a lot of them are 70s movies too which is weird yeah but i'm sort of unrelated but 
this one's Bob Clark. Yep. And it's yeah. not like the only Christmas movie he's done either because it's the fucking guy who did Christmas Story. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And Christmas and Story and Porky's yeah. and shit like that. Let's not forget his best film, Baby Geniuses. Oh, well. Who can forget? Geniuses slaps. I'm more of a Baby Geniuses 2 guy. <laughs> super but, Babies. Yeah, Super Babies. But... but No, it's true, though. It's like you hear that. I hear that a lot where it's like, you know, some of the best horror films are often made by people who just are doing that tone for one movie and they do a lot of different kinds of stories yeah and this is one of them like yeah it yeah. just nails it yeah this was honestly I, I think it did have a limited uh theatrical release but the big thing about this is they were supposed to air it on television under a different title i think it was going to be called silent night evil night or something like that and right before it aired was one of the uh ted bundy murders had happened at, oh shit at the sorority uh, yeah the one at the sorority that he did Whoa. so they did not want to air it in certain areas and they didn't so like certain areas of the country got to see it others didn't and then yeah they did end up airing it on nbc i think a couple so years this premiered later. on tv this movie yeah they aired it on tv yeah Whoa. under a different title yeah. but yeah man um this is i don't know dude i think it's it's just one of the best slasher thriller movies ever so I, I love this movie yeah yeah now i'm in agreement with both of you guys it's like on everything you said i think uh like my favorite like one of my favorite things is like from the beginning the tension gets built quick and like uh uh, there's not many movies that have created characters like the father in the very beginning, who's just worried about his daughter, you know, and like looking for her. And then, yeah, uh, like, and then the way it, like it all pans out where it's like, you almost follow like a few different girls and you pick up different personalities from each of them, but they all also have like a chance at being a final girl, you know what I mean? And then uh, in the end, you can almost argue there isn't a final girl, even, you know, there is one, but you know, the way the movie ends, you know, without spoiling too much kind of just leaves it so far open that, you know, within the next five minutes after the credits are finished there's probably no longer a final girl if you know what i mean so it's just uh that's one thing i really enjoy about the film is just the bleak as fuck ending and then just you know all the kills and everything in it are very like like painful to watch like in the sense of like you feel the pain of like like for instance the you know the yeah. plastic bag the bag on the head yeah yeah, yeah the uh and then like the drunk you know the drunk uh house mother when she goes up and that thing swings and hits her in the head it's like you know, you feel like the impact of just like all the shit that happens and stuff. It's just, uh, I don't know. It's like you said, uh, it's one of the best slashers, period. Like if I had to do a, a list of like favorite slashers, it'd be hard not to throw this one in. Agreed. Like, yeah. like if I excluded it, it would just be because I like threw the Christmas like stamp on it enough to like take it out of being qualified or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And I, speaking of interesting, speaking of image and boots, like what on a sort of commentary on our show about my feelings on this matter when i talked about green room during our what are you watching segment yeah um, I, te I tend to really like i tend to really like in movies that make uh that don't really glorify and make violence fun i tend to enjoy yeah. it more when it makes it consequential or uncomfortable mm -hmm. yeah and i feel like you know especially for its era like you're saying like you feel that i think this movie does it like doesn't feel like goofy or fun to watch it it feels like oh man like yeah it's it's a wonderful exercise in less is more yeah exactly and i think that you know you, you never and again spoiler for a movie that's been out for you know fucking you know 40 some odd years at this point but you never see the killer you know you never do yeah. you only see his eye at one point in the movie which is terrifying in itself when you do see it yeah and that is 
there's something needs to be said about that. You never see this. You only see this guy's eye and it, it's terrifying. And yeah, the shot of even at the very end of the movie, when, you know, the bag is still over that girl's head in the attic and it pulls away from that shot, you know, outside of the house like that, like nobody still has found this body up there in the attic. Yeah. That's the chilling kind of stuff that really kind of sits with you. I feel like with this one, Whereas not to go on too much of a tangent. Now I've never seen the 2019 Black Christmas. I've yet yet to check that one out. Uh, yeah, I have that. seen the one from 2006. You have to say, didn't they make this another time? Yeah, yeah. And the 2006 one, one, yeah, is like again they went the exact opposite way. They gave us this whole backstory and like yeah, all yeah. this stuff. It was like the kills Billy were so. And all that shit. Yeah, like so over the top. It was so like just corny and stupid. And like they lost all the spirit that Black Christmas is, you know, yeah. like it, it just didn't. And I know there's a lot of fans of that, that 2006 one, but I really, just, I, yeah, people like that one. It was and so I, like tame too. Like, I feel like even like the kills and stuff were just like, it was just so I don't even corny. see him getting stabbed, yeah. stabbings. Yeah, I, I just didn't like it. There's no yeah. tension to it. It's one of those also like what I like to call ADD movies where just like it's got that weird hyper editing, like nothing, uh, nothing yeah. ever yeah. like, you know, just fucking breathes in that movie. You know, it's like everything's got to be a quick cut, quick cut to this. And when, oh, now she's on the ceiling and now there's this. and Oh, they're remaking yeah. Christmas cookies out of body parts. And ah, <laughs> it's just like, it's so dumb. And, and you know, maybe I would, Maybe I wouldn't think it was that bad if it was called something else, really. Yeah. But since it's called Black Christmas, I'm like... Yeah, well, you're com- immediately signing yourself up for comparison. That's you know. Exactly. I'm comparing it yeah. to, like, you know, a masterfully done thriller from the 70s, and it just doesn't it's, hold to up be fair, to it's me. setting itself up for the comparison, so I shouldn't have yeah. to... Yeah. So I... Concede. But, the, again, like, to my point, like, it's just less is more in this movie. Like... I think when you're imagining things in your head, it's way more scary than if you just show everything on the screen. So that, that's why I really think this one's still effective. The phone calls are still effective. Yes. I was about yeah. to, that was about to, uh, that's one last thing I was going to mention was the phone calls, just like how they stick with you and how fucking uncomfortable they make you feel. They are. I mean, especially now, like I think there's some people these days, you know, uh, I, mean, I shouldn't even just say these days, but if you want to use the term, you know, easily triggered, you know, like that stuff could do it to you, really, because yeah. it's, it's not saying nice things about women, that's for sure. <laughs> and yeah, it's it, I don't know, man, there's something about the tone of this movie that just really hits a good score too. just again, less is more not yeah. not it just doesn't beat you over the head with things. It's it's just good. Not to mention John Saxon, dude. Yeah. Anytime oh, you see yeah. that guy show up, dude. Fucking big dick Saxon in this thing. I said, last yeah. time I was on y'all show, you talked about uh, old Saxon. Yeah, with, uh, that's Jennifer. right. And I was there. I was guesting a ton of two of you. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Hell yeah. You guys, you guys were on. We were talking, uh, talking Saxon then. So yeah. Hell yeah. Oh, he doesn't, have, he doesn't have Saxon. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. He doesn't have a great hat in this one. But, no, he's, yeah. right. he's, he's far less hat focused. Yeah. Far less <laughs> hat focused in Black Christmas, which <laughs> might, might have made it better if he had it. A hat that he was excited about and i feel like you know i feel like i need, i think it needs to be said for, for me and that when people are talking about their slasher movie girls Olivia husky doesn't get enough love right yeah i'll agree i'm a big i'm a big fan of this hell yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I remember seeing romeo and juliet in high school they showed <laughs> yeah. that to us yeah. and 
I think every guy in the class fell in love with her. But, yeah. you know. They tried to fast forward past them titties, but they missed it. That's- oh, yeah. Okay. So we all went to the, yeah, we all had this, everybody knows that. Yeah. That we all grew up in the same that. era. Yeah. So, uh huh. Yeah. My English teacher didn't get to the remote in time either. So we were like, <laughs> whoa. Then, yeah. Then she was uh, Topanga's aunt in fucking Boy Meets World. Oh, was she? Oh, get out. I did not know that. That's yeah, there's cool. a, there's an episode. It's the episode when uh, she's running away to Pittsburgh or she runs away from Pittsburgh to come back to see uh, Corey or whatever. And they send an aunt to get her and they keep like joking about how they were doing Romeo and Juliet and all that stuff. And then she shows up, of course, to be the aunt. So it was like uh, a joke on that or whatever. But that's funny. No, I, she is fantastic in this movie. Yeah, she's great. I agree, but like just real quick, uh, last thing I want to say about this is uh, I feel like it doesn't get enough credit for like there was two other big slashers, obviously in the seventies. I mean, there's obviously more than that. There's you know because you can throw in the House of Dreaded Sundown and shit, and a couple other ones. And um, but of course everybody yeah. goes to Texas Chainsaw and Halloween when it comes to slashers in the seventies. And I feel like this film has like that very cleanness of Halloween, but it has a lot of the like brute like brutality of Texas Chainsaw, where like uh. You know, like yeah. you kind of get one or the other with those two, but this one like literally has both. You know, like with the kills being pretty fucking, br- I don't probably more brutal than Texas because you actually see a few of them. And then yeah, I, agree. Uh, I agree. Yeah, yeah. That's then, sort of that's sort of what I was. I guess you touched on what I was trying to say is that it sort of has like a grounded, clean feel, like you're saying. So it feels real, but then when those brutal things happen, they resonate more, in my opinion. Yeah, no, very true because it's like you can relate to the characters. Well, not relate to them more, but like they should be. Like, if anybody should be safe, it should be those people. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, they seem like people you could meet or know or something, you know, yeah. like in an environment that you can imagine anybody existing in because it's just a sorority, it's college or whatever, you know. Like, yeah, they seem like real girls, you know, they yeah. seem like in a real, real place, you know, because like, at least for like Texas, it's like, oh, so you got to be like way out in rural Texas, you yeah, know, which a lot of yeah. us might never find ourselves in or like whatever, but this is just supposed to be a seemingly normal, safe place that people should exist in and then super brutal things happen in the amount of nowhere yeah that a lot of people are just around for i don't know one of the scenes yeah. that always cracks me up in this movie was there is like you know they end up finding that one body or whatever and you know there's like they they kind of you know rev the town up to go look around and there's a scene in the movie where there's like two guys that come to the back door or whatever and i think it's olivia hussey and and uh the girl with the glasses in the movie i can't remember her name but they're like, you girls sure you don't want us to come in and make sure you're okay? And they're kind of like laughing about it, you know, that like these two old, old hoots, you know, kind of wanted to come in and like hang out with them a little bit. <laughs> and there's just something they kind of look at each other and giggle. And it, there's something just very real about that. You know, it's one of those like kind of character moments that always kind of sticks with me anytime I watch this. So, yeah, yeah I, I don't know, man. This one, it's just really fucking good. It's just, I, there's really not much else I can say about it. I just, I really like it. So, yeah. None of you have seen the, the new remake. Uh, have you seen 2019, Tim? No, I watched the, uh, I like kept having temptations to watch it or whatever. Cause I like, uh, I do love image and poots, especially cause of green room and a couple other films and stuff. But um, I ended up just watching the kill count for it because I was like, I couldn't really bring myself to. And then after watching the kill count, I was like, yeah, I'm glad I didn't waste that fucking time. Yeah. I don't, I don't really know anything about it, but I mean, I, I know the art is like them holding bats and looking all tough and shit. So I'm like, well, they just beat the shit out of the guy for an hour and a half. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, I don't want to get into too much of my thoughts on that one. Other than I just, I heard, I heard it wasn't very good. It didn't seem like something I would like. So I'm just yeah. going to leave it at that. Yeah. Now, spoiler alert. None, none of the girls die. None of them. I was, I was actually going to guess it. I was like, none of them even die, do they? Yeah. Yeah. So, so. 
No, it's uh, it's very. I think it could have been a good film. Again, why I attached the name Black Christmas to it was fucking beyond me. But whatever. I guess because yeah. their sororities, they felt they needed to put that on it. But no, it's one of those films that just didn't need that title. It's just for whatever reason, it felt the need to. But yeah, yeah, I could see that. You know. But I mean, I'm not saying that I would have enjoyed it like without that title. But I feel like it would have gotten let, like it would get less deterrence with a different title. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, I. Uh, well, now that's pretty much my final comments on it. If you know, you guys don't have anything left to say about it. Yeah, yeah. I pretty much said what I needed to say. Yeah, I, I, yeah. it's a great movie. I'm firmly at the top of my list for sure. So. Yeah, yeah, Same. I would agree. That's what Same. I mean. That's, that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, Gremlins <laughs> one of my favorite movies ever. But yeah, it's just a Christmas list. It should be Black Christmas. Like, I agree, honestly. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Well, hell yeah. I appreciate uh I agree. And you know, I'd put it at 10 and 10 as well. Like I said, I would for gremlins and stuff. But now nah, I uh I appreciate you guys for coming on the show and everything. You want to remind uh everybody where they can find you and you know about uh Bergeron Brothers, wooden videographers and where they can find it. Sure. Yeah. Uh once again, yeah, I'm Ben Deedles. Uh, you could find me on Instagram at Ben Deedles on there. Again, we Lance and I host uh Neon Brainiacs. We've got new episodes every Wednesday. We talk about a different 80s horror film every week. And, you know, chances are we probably talked about one of your favorite movies on that show. So seriously, check it out. Uh, you can download it wherever you get podcasts. And yeah, my new uh, feature film, which is out right now, wherever you rent movies, uh, Google Play, Amazon Prime, Vudu, anything like that. It's called Bergeron Brothers Wedding Videographers. It's very funny. If you're looking for a laugh this holiday season, just want to, you know, turn your brain off and just kind of kind of laugh at, at some goofy stuff. I would highly recommend it. It's out now. I'm in it. Lance is in it. And yeah, I'm, I'm very proud of it. I think it's really good and would, would love it if you guys uh, would, you know, shell out four bucks to rent it, you know, yeah. this holiday season. Whopping I, four bucks. Seriously, I, th- I think you guys would really like it. And yeah, that's where you can find me. Oh, yeah. I'm Lance Parkin at Lance Parkin, L A N C E P A R K I N. <laughs> Look me up. I'm going to be doing some shorts here and sort of documenting the process and stuff. So it'll be fun to check that out. Uh, my movie's The Boonies. Seven, like we mentioned, some of my influences throughout this episode. Uh, it's some of my influences were sort of 70s horror, like Texas Chainsaw, Hills of Eyes, and Last House on the Left, as well as some 2000s French extreme stuff. I mean, it doesn't get as extreme as those, but just like the tone and the, the feel of some of those, maybe. But yeah it's about a bunch of people that go out in the woods and stuff doesn't go well it's a lot of movies like that but we do some weird the third act i think is where our movie shines and maybe timmy agree with that i don't know but oh, yeah. uh third act things get a little weird and i think it gets its own identity in the third act where things get quirky and bizarre and sort of surreal and ben, and ben is one of those villains as well as uh what the the o and bpo is one of those as well right oh blake, yeah is blake bo yeah, yeah blake o'donnell that's right he's a villain too in it and Oh, yeah. Those are both of you guys are great and uh check that out it's yeah. everywhere i mean you, you just search for it you're gonna find it and i think i don't i, I don't know if there's physical copies out there still for a while we're in a lot of places physical but yes yeah, so that's the if you're into that sort of physical media thing so yeah same with bergeron brothers it's on dvd now too oh, it is. i just want to check it out yeah so, uh, boonies yeah. is on dvd you know what you ought to do what you got to do is get yourself a double feature going that's right you rent the boonies you rent Bergeron Brothers. For five bucks. Both about weddings. Yeah, both about weddings. You rent the Bergeron Brothers five bucks. You get a date. You know, you get yourself two $5 biggie bags, Big bags. At, the, at the Wendy's. That's a $20 date night double feature. Double feature. Right there. Yeah. You're eating. 
you're drinking, you're eating French fries, and you're watching two great. You get intermission in the middle, go hit the toilet. That's right, intermission in case you broke the seal. You know, like (laughs) you go, you know, hit the toilet. I mean, it's a couple extra. If you want to get it, throw a six pack on top of that. I would, I would recommend it. Yeah, so, if you're, you got real money in your pockets. Yeah, yeah, get a six pack. I mean, yeah, maybe you know, Christmas bonuses are coming up. You know, <laughs> so maybe it's a thirty dollar date night. You get that. You get the six pack, the biggie bags, two movies under thirty bucks. I mean, come on. Yeah, one movie at the theater is going to be two people. Yeah, bucks. that's not even popcorn. Yeah, yeah. You can pop your own popcorn at home, watch the or now, you know, I mean, that's if you have enough yeah, room after yeah. your biggie bag. Yeah. I'm just saying. But you know, a lot of beef and fries in there. Yeah. Guaranteed hot and crispy now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Guaranteed hot and crispy. <laughs> so I mean, seriously, uh, yeah, do do a little double feature. Check out both of our films. You know, nothing's gonna get your lady hot like seeing me in two movies. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah especially in the boonies <laughs> yeah uh, yeah especially especially in the movies. Movies. yeah so you heard it here seriously <laughs> but yeah no yeah seriously we would we'd love your guys support you guys want to check out some new movies coming out uh we'd appreciate it so yeah hell yeah no and i definitely back both those movies i enjoyed them both quite a bit and uh they're definitely ones that i'm glad i did for sure you know and i'll be watching again in the future it's not something that uh it's not one of those films that i just watched once and i was like ah, i'm good you know like i definitely enjoyed it enough that uh uh, we'll want to return to both so i highly recommend picking them up if you are teetering oh, yeah nice thanks much appreciated sir hell yeah but now i appreciate you guys for uh coming on the show and everything and it was fun chatting with you yeah thanks dude yeah thank you for having us man it's always a blast uh anytime we, we gotta get you back on uh brainiacs here soon so oh yeah definitely just whenever uh we'll figure out something you guys haven't done yet and hop on it it's another one yeah tim's been on our show twice so yeah if you want to check it out uh, he was on Tenebrae, and then you did what was the other? Like, it was a goofy one, Zombie yeah. Nightmare, I think. Zombie Nightmare, yeah, Don Thor, Long Dong uh, Dickle Thor, whatever. That's right, Long Dong Dickle Thor. That's right. We're always talking about guys with big dicks on these yeah. shows, so we got to pick another one with a guy with a big penis. So we'll, we'll figure it out. Is there any with James Woods? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, but no, I appreciate you guys for sure. but yeah, thanks for having us, man. We really, really, a uh, really good time talking about some Christmas movies. And sorry, Tim, we already did Pumpkinhead, so. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. Hands off, buddy boy. Hands off, yeah. My favorite movie where Lance Hendrickson cries. <laughs> <laughs> and as usual, I just want to say thanks again for listening, and make sure you check back next week as I'll be joined by Ethan Race of the band's Steel Nation, Bitter End and more. Don't forget to go follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. If you're a Spotify user, you can now rate podcasts on Spotify, so that five stars is highly appreciated. Have a Merry Christmas, a Happy Kwanzaa. If you celebrate anything else, then just Happy Holidays. But overall, just make sure you're good to everybody and nice to people, and stay safe.